I'm excited this morning about what God has in store for us in his word, but I believe it's more than just in his word today. I really believe that there's an impartation that God wants to bring into people's lives, just as we've received in worship. As we go into the ministry of the word, and we're going to have some ministry time, let me go ahead and, and warn our freedom team and, and, and our youth. I want you guys to be ready at the end of the service just to be praying. We're going to be praying for people, but... How many people are ready to receive? If God wants to give something today, is anybody ready to receive this morning? So why don't, why don't we just say that? Father, this morning, we, we just come and we say we're ready to receive everything that you have for us. We thank you for the impartation that we've already received, God, as we've, as we've worshipped, as we've connected with your presence. And, and now we just thank you, God. We thank you so much that, that you're not finished, that you're not done, that you've got more that you want to sow into and and just pour into our lives. And, and so today, we, um, we say thank you. We say thank you, God. We say yes. We submit ourselves to you, and we're ready to receive everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. So, um, you know, I was uh, watching <clears throat> last night. I was kind of reading over my notes and things, and I was uh, watching the television, and, and I realized that, that, that the historic events are not over. How many people know that there's a, something that's coming up, it's going to start this week, it's a, it's a very a very special event, and it's going to be, a, it'll be, it'll be known all around the world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Somebody's probably thinking, oh yeah, it's your class reunion, right? Was that what? No. What is it? It's the Olympics. Yeah. How many people, is anybody going to watch the Olympics? How many people are going to watch the Olympics? <clears throat> I'm going to watch the Olympics. I am, Yvette and I are going to, a, um, we are going to take a little trip, we're going to my high school uh, class reunion this year, um, it's a 40th class reunion, isn't that amazing, that's hard to believe, you, they wouldn't even let people graduate when they were six years old, and, um, but, uh, but you know what, but, um, but the, the Olympics is, are going to start, and uh, the Summer Olympics, and the track and the field, and the, the swimming, and the, um, all the, the different, the gymnastic events, now, now, if you're like me, if you, if you have any competitive bones firing you, you probably find yourself watching some things that you have absolutely no interest in, okay? How many people watch curling during the Winter Olympics? You know, it's like, brush, brush, oh, and I can find myself, hurry up, man, hurry up, you know, come on, man, you know, and, and I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily in the Summer Olympics, I, uh, I'm, I'm amazed by the athleticism, but I'm not necessarily a, a floor routine kind of uh, gymnastics person, you know, uh, that, that's not necessarily my, my cup of tea, and <clears throat> when I used to do that, I really wasn't that good at it, and um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, but, but, you know, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to root for the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> now, now, I hope we do great. I hope we win the Olympics. I hope we win all the events. I hope we win all, win all the strokes, the front stroke and the back stroke and the butterfly. And I hope we, uh, I hope, I hope, you know, and, and it's not that I really know the people that well, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm proud of our country. I, I'm proud. I'm not proud of everything that takes place. I'm not proud of everything that goes on. I, I'm, not, I'm not happy. But you know what? I am proud to be an American. Amen? Go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. I, I haven't traveled a whole lot of places, but a few places. And, 
And you know what? I'm thankful for all the countries of the world. I'm thankful for Costa Rica. I'm thankful for we lived in the Bahamas. I'm thankful for different places around the world. But you know what? I'm not ashamed of being an American. I'm thankful that God in his providence chose to plant me, plant us here in this nation. And if you're from a different country, from a different nation today, we love you. We love your country. You, you, don't, ha you don't have to put something else down to be for your own stuff. Hey, Amen. do you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> when we go to Delaware next week, we're going to uh, one of my favorite things that's going to happen while we're there is, um, for my birthday, I have asked for, I want a bushel of crabs. There was nothing funny about that. I don't understand. Has <laughs> anybody here ever eaten hard-shelled crabs with old base season on them? I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. So, uh, yeah, Dalton back there with his hand up. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about now, right, after being, okay. So, but, but you know, one of the things when we, when I was growing up, we used to go crabbing. And so um, we would go crabbing. We'd take these little strings and you'd tie a old um, chicken neck or backbone or something around it, and you'd go to these, the edges of the marsh. Um, crabs are nasty creatures. They're scavengers. They live on the bottom. They eat junk and trash. And Doesn't that sound good? Man? <clears throat> and so you, you throw this old piece of chicken out into the water, and a crab comes a hold of it, and he gabs hold of it, and you reel him in just real slow, pull him slowly up close enough to the shore where you can take a, a net and you just swoop under and you pick it up. So half the fun of eating crabs was catching the crabs. But one of the interesting things about crabs was that you could put them in a basket and you didn't have to put a top on the basket. And so as the basket got fuller and fuller, there would be some crabs that would try to get out of the basket. But do you know what would happen? The other crabs would grab hold of them and pull them back down. That's why we don't want to be crabby people, right? That's right? Come on now. That's from the Lord right there. That's a word. That's a word. So if you're a crabby, grumpy, gripey person, you need to receive that from the name of Jesus. So, so. But I'm, I'm just telling you that, that look, hey, I, I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for these opportunities. I'm thankful for our country. I'm not ashamed of who God's created us to be, where he's placed it to be. And as we look, as we continue our series this morning called Made for More, that, that's one of the things that Paul is, is kind to, he's going he's to bring this impartation into his son in the faith, Timothy. And, and I won't go back and remind us of everything that we've talked about, but I encourage you, go back and review some of those things. But go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to start there, and, and, and Paul begins here in verse 8 by telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, and, and if you didn't get to hear Chris's message last week, you need to go and listen to it, great word there. He says to Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, he says, hey son, listen, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Here's, here's a pastor being reminded by his spiritual father, by an apostolic figure in his life, and he's saying to him, don't, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. As a matter of fact, as I was reading through 2 Timothy, I found out that in every chapter, in every chapter, Paul comes back and he gives a little account of what the gospel was all about. 
about Jesus coming from heaven, about Jesus dying for us, about, about the grace of God, about the mercy of God, about, about don't forget that Christ died and was resurrected. And he's saying, he's saying, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Remember everything that God has done for us. You know, as we were um, singing this morning, as we were worshiping this morning, I found myself just overwhelmed by the, just the goodness of God and, and not just everything that God's done for us, but who he is. But you know what? But I, I find all, so many times I'm like, God, I, I'm so thankful that you saved me. I'm so thankful that, that, you, that you found me and that you let somebody share the message of Jesus Christ with me and, and, and that it has changed my life. Did anybody, anybody here thankful for the message of the gospel? Are you thankful that somebody shared with you that, that Jesus died for you and that, he, that your sins can be forgiven and that you can be healed from the hurts and wounds and that you can be free to worship and to serve and to grow and to glorify God? I mean, that. so how in the world could any of us ever be ashamed, ever be ashamed of the gospel? And so he goes and he says this. He says, so Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, if you have your Bibles or phones or whatever you're looking at the Scripture on today, I, I would encourage you to highlight or underline that word where it says, according to the power of God. One of the things we're going to be talking about today is that that, that being a Christian, that sometimes mean that's, there's, means that there's some tough things that go on. There's some difficulties that, that take place. But we never suffer. We never are the victims. We are never found in weakness. We are never, we are never overwhelmed because in every circumstance, in every situation, no matter what's going on, that we have the power of God working in us and with us and through us. So he says the power of God gives us the ability to endure so we can suffer not as a victim, but as a victor. Not as one who's being overcome, but as an overcomer, amen? So, so today, I, I want us to get this. I, I've sensed that over the last uh, number of weeks that there are people that are going through things, and I and I mean this, at the, before we leave this place today, I'll go ahead and tell you the punchline. Before anybody, before you leave this building today, I want to see every person here receive an impartation from the Lord that refreshes you, that empowers you, that it strengthens you to stand up against every struggle, every difficulty, everything that you are suffering, everything that you are do, enduring, so that you can stand in the power and the presence of God and go, I'm coming through this issue. You. I'm coming through this sickness. I'm coming through this time of difficulty. I'm coming through this financial challenge. I'm coming through this relationship issue. And I'm going to be victorious because the power of God works in me. Is the power of God working in anybody today? Amen. The power of God works in us. And so Paul goes on and he says, that remember this power of God from the one who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago how that the Lord changed my perspective and, remind, and showed me and, and informed me that there was never a time 
when God wasn't with me in my life. And can I tell you that if here today you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you're struggling on your own, you feel like, man, you're the only one that's in it to win it, you've got, you know, everything's against you, can I tell you today that you're not alone? Timothy, I think that's one of the things, if we read the scriptures, one of the things he dealt with was this loneliness and, and maybe even had some, some, he, some fear issues in his life and maybe had some, some issues. The historians don't know what his family issue was, it was, but they say that he was raised by his, his mother and his grandmother. There's no mention of his father. Maybe he had some father issues going on. And, and because of that, he pulled back. And, and when Paul got in trouble and, and, and when Paul was put in prison, then, then, then Timothy was a little insecure and he didn't know what was going to happen to him and so he he pulled back a little bit and from his prison cell Paul writes to him and he says hey you don't have to be ashamed of Jesus you don't have to be ashamed of the gospel and you don't have to be ashamed of me because the power of God works in us God's got a purpose for us God hasn't forgot us God's not going to leave us alone and so he then he goes on and Paul emphasizes the benefits that we get in the gospel and so let's read on there in in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, he says, But has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He's abolished death. Anybody here thankful that even the, that we'll never die? We, this flesh may die, but it's in a moment we're just gonna we're gonna be translated. We're gonna be, we're gonna be in a new place. We're gonna be in a we're gonna be alive eternally forever because Christ Christ gave His life for us. And so He goes on and He says, "To which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for this reason, for the reason for the works of the kingdom of God, because I'm doing. Listen to this. Because I'm doing what Jesus told me to do, what the Holy Spirit instructed me to do. I'm." suffering now i know that kind of rubs some theologies and and if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and the blessings of god upon you you're never gonna have any problems never gonna have any troubles you know that just doesn't line up with the word of god can i say this though that in the midst of troubles you can be blessed in the midst of difficulties you can be a blessing amen and so that's what he's saying here he says for this reason i suffer these things nevertheless i am not ashamed why am I not ashamed? For I know whom I have believed in. Can I ask you today, do you know who you believe in? Is he the Lord of lords and the King of kings? Is he the one that's coming back from glory to take us all to glory? Is that who he is? Is that who he is? He says, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. Some translations say fully persuaded. Nothing can change my mind about the fact that he is able to keep what I've delivered, what I've delivered um, until to him until that day. We've given him our lives. Anybody here given him his, our life? Man, give him our lives, and I'm fully persuaded that he is able to keep us and to strengthen us. He's going he's gonna to be the one that watches over us. He's going to be one, with us in the most difficult situations. So let's be sure to keep the faith. Keep the faith. Now, I, wanna, I want us to jump here. I want us to jump over to 2 Timothy chapter 2 because he picks up, Paul picks up this same theme. Now, he probably wouldn't be a, a good news preacher to some of us in our day, but, but listen to what he says. Listen to what he says here next in, in chapter 2. He says, You therefore, son, 
Timothy, listen to me, my son. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and then the things that you have heard from me. How many people think that we need to be strong? Okay, God wants you strong. God doesn't want you weak. God doesn't want you defeated. As a matter of fact, what we're going to do is we're going to launch in here to a section of Scripture where Paul, writing from, writing from prison, he reminds Timothy, that, that, and he uses an example about three different fields. So if you're taking this morning notes this morning, you might want to write down three fields, okay? And he, he goes and he says, he goes, listen, Timothy, I, I, my son, be strong. I want, I'm going to teach you some things, and then I want you to teach those to men who are able to receive them. And he says, so listen to this. He goes, he says, first of all, he says, you, therefore, must endure hardship. Listen to that. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, you're going to have some hardship. Can I tell you that just in my heart, my mind, I, I, I'm get concerned that we have a wrong expectation about life. And in our American culture, I've already said I love America, love Americans, love you, right? But in our American culture, we think that, that easy means blessed. And can I tell you that easy doesn't mean blessed. That blessed means that God is entrusting us with more, that God's giving us more opportunity, more responsibility, that he's giving us more challenges so that we can, we can overcome them. He's given us more doors that are open so we can walk through them with the gospel. I, I got to hear a testimony to, uh, today that said, or before church, and somebody said, you know, said we had some plans that went bad, and those plans didn't work out the way we wanted them to, and then as a matter of fact, we had to go to some place we didn't really want to go, had to go to the doctor's office. But while we were at the doctor's office, we got to talk to this person, and when we told them that we were excited about what was going on, and they, they asked, they said, well, well, where do you go to church? I'm looking for a church. They were able to tell them about Jesus and about New Covenant Church. How many people think that? <laughs> Amen. So I think that there was some tough thing that was going on, but God's working a good thing. So he says here, he says, listen, I want to, Paul uh, says to Timothy, I want to talk to you about a battlefield. Folks, life sometimes is going to be a battlefield. So when we're in the battlefield, he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endure hardships. Now, when I think about a battlefield, I think about soldiers. And if you're a soldier, if you've been in the military or in the military, thank you for your service. We love you. We appreciate you. We are very thankful for you. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I really do. But I think about people who are disciplined, and I think about people who are, who are dedicated, and I think about people who are, who are loyal and steadfast. Uh, I'm saying, and that's what I think he's trying to remind Timothy, be these things, because he says in verse 4, he says, um, first of all, he says in verse 3, he says, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're good soldiers. We're soldiers. We're in the military. We're part of the army of God. And so he goes on and he says, so no one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please the one who enlisted him in the service as a soldier. Can I, can I go ahead and say today that, that your job in life is not to please you. Your, your job in life is not to do what you want and and get what you want and, 
and, and as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, your goal, my goal, our goal is, as individuals, as families, as a church, is to please our commander. It's to please the one who has enlisted us and brought us in to the service of Jesus Christ. So he talks about a military field. And then he goes on and he talks next. He goes and he talks about a... Um, uh, he goes on, he says, he talks about an athletic field. We just mentioned the Olympics earlier, but look at this. He says, also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. How many people know that some people have tried to cheat? Okay? And they've taken drugs, enhancing drugs, and they've, they've tried to go around the rules, and they've, and, and, and they've done things, and they've been disqualified. This scripture here says, hey, listen, Jesus doesn't want anybody disqualified. So what he wants us to do as we're competing on the athletic field, as, as we're in this competition, as, as we're training, as we're being disciplined, then he's, he's saying, you know what I want you to do? Compete according to the rules. Folks, can I tell you, the rule of our life is not how we feel. The rule of our life is the word of Almighty God. Okay, the, 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 the thing that directs, the thing that guides, the thing that oversees our actions and our attitudes, all that we say and all that we do, it's the Word of God that's in our lives. We'll never be able to, complete, we'll never be able to compete successfully if we don't know the rule book. Let me ask you today, is the Bible your rule book? And when I say rule book, I don't mean something trying to keep you down. I mean something that lets you compete fairly so that you can, as the scripture here says, win the prize. Do you understand that God's plan and desire for your life is for you to win? For you to win. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, um, also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes. God's desire is for you to be crowned. Crowned with life and crowned with glory and and crowned as a victor. And so he goes on, he says, competes according to the rules. And then the third field that he talks about is the hardworking farmer. Talks about the agricultural field. He says the hardworking farmer must be the first to partake of the crops. Let me, let me explain. When I read this, I thought about, the, well, what does that really mean? What's God saying there? The hardworking farmer. I looked this up, and, and here's what that word hardworking means. It says, it means to grow weary, to be tired, to be exhausted with the toil or the burdens or the grief, to labor with wearis, wearisome effort to toil. It says a bodily labor. Now, how many of the guys used a shovel or pickaxe yesterday? Raise those hands high if you can, okay? Oh, I feel the pain, I feel the pain there, right? What the, what the scripture here says, and listen, here's Paul the apostle, Timothy's father in the faith, and he's saying, Timothy, the work of ministry, the work of service to Jesus Christ is hard work. It's work that, that takes diligence and, diff, and, and effort and, and it and sometimes can become wearisome and it sometimes can wear you down and sometimes it's going to feel like a, a thousand pounds on you. And, and even though his, his um, yoke is easy and his burden is light, that sometimes these physical bodies are going to get run down. They're going to get, they're going to get maxed out. They're going to get tired. Let me just ask you here today, is there anybody here who's ever got tired? Anybody here, you don't raise your hand on this, but 
maybe it's not you, but have you ever met somebody that they stay tired? They're always weary. They're always worn out. They're always just so can't hardly make it. And can I tell you this? That they're, God's what he's saying here is, look, there's going to be times when, when we're going to have to endure as a soldier, where we're going to have to compete as an athlete, where we're going to have to work as a farmer. We're going to have to get up before sunrise and still just be coming back to the barn when it's, when it's after dark. And, and it's going to be tough and it's going to be difficult and it's going to be hard and it's going to, it's going to wear you out and it's going to tax you and it's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to wear on you mentally. It's going to wear on you physically. It's going to wear on you emotionally and it's going to, it's going to bring you to a place of breaking and frustration and emotional turmoil. And aren't you glad? you came to church today <laughs> and that's that's when in those moments we need to keep in mind that God still wants us to be victorious and he wants to us to receive the crown of victory and he wants us to eat of the harvest but can I tell you before we eat of the harvest we've got to plant we've got to plant we got to we got to be the one who who labors we got to be the one who gets involved and can I tell you today if you're a person who finds yourself today a little bit worn out, a little bit maxed, a little bit maybe just drained, uh, discouraged, even depressed, can I tell you, God has a plan to refresh you this morning. God has a plan to refresh you. I want to ask someone to come up. Ross, would you come on up here? And Ross is going to take a moment, and he's going to, uh, he's going to share a testimony today. Okay, about how the Lord has blessed him. Hey, you guys, make come on, welcome Ross, all right? This is Ross Staples. Hi, I'm just going to share a little bit about what God did on the, the mission trip for me. So before I get into it, I'm just going to kind of tell you a little bit about um, my past and what I've struggled with. So growing up, I've struggled with uh, my self-value. I thought very lowly of myself pretty much my whole life, and I've struggled with rejection and loneliness a lot. And um, it really, I struggled with that pretty much my whole life. But about a year ago, um, me and my friend, we separated. We uh, pretty much stopped talking to each other, and this really hurt me. And this is what made me snap. Um, I went into, I got depressed. And I don't mean that lightly. I was really depressed. I got into self-harm. I got into suicidal thoughts. But through that, um, I was really broken. I hated myself. I hated God. And all this time, I was at church. But through this trip, um, I was, God put on my heart. One of the first days I was there, he's like, you need to confront this friend and tell him that you forgive him and that I need to forgive myself. And through that, I was able to talk to that friend. I, I looked him in the eye and said, I'm sorry for the hate and bitterness I've had towards you. I'm sorry that what God's done, um, excuse me, what the devil's done in our relationship. And I said, that is not happening anymore. But I believe that, um, that tonight some people need to deal with forgiveness. Because that has been a big issue in my life. Is one, I didn't forgive myself. I blame myself for what happened. But I believe God has freedom and forgiveness. Because I believe that depression, addictions, rejection can be broken through forgiveness. But I believe forgiveness is one of the hardest things that we as Christians can struggle with. Because you have to overcome shame and pride to forgive someone. And it's even harder to forgive yourself. And I know that. Believe me, I know that. But I believe that God has some freedom today. I do. So in just a little bit, we're going to pray. And um, I don't have everything figured out. I really don't. I'm still learning in that. But if you want to uh, just take a step in faith, 
and forgive someone, please come talk to any of us up here, the youth team, the mission team, me. I would love to pray for you. I really would. I want to see some people set free because I've struggled with forgiveness, and I know a lot of people have, but I believe that people are going to be set free. I know I keep saying that, but I believe that. So, thank you. <laughs> Stay right here for a second. So, Amen. So it's been a battle, hasn't it? It's been a struggle. It's been hard work. Okay, and, time, and it, for a time, it got you down, right? But the Lord, if I, I, from what I've heard you say a couple times now, but the Lord came in and refreshed you, right? The Lord delivered you. The Lord set you free. Amen? And, and so when the Lord did that through Ross, when he did it in him, look what God's now doing. He's doing it through him. Uh, thank you, brother. That, that, that's God's purpose. He wants to do a work in us so he can do a work through us. V very quickly, I want to I show you. We have a choice about the kind of person that we're going to be, okay? Guys, if you get ready, we're going to receive communion this morning. But, but while they're serving, I, wanna, I want you to jump back to 1 Timothy, I mean 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to finish up this chapter by talking about some people. Paul, okay, Paul names names. So look with me here at verse 13. Paul says to Timothy, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in, in faith and love which are in Christ. And that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And he says, he goes, now this you know, that all those in Asia, all those in Asia have turned away from me. Ross mentioned that, how there'd been a, a disruption in a relationship, and that kind of opened a door for a lot of challenges and difficulties and lies from the enemy. But look what he says here. He says, all those in Asia have turned away from me among whom were Phagellus and Hermogenes. He comes and he actually speaks about these two people. He said, these two people not only turned away from me, but, but they began to undermine me. They began to criticize. They began to gossip. They began to try to, to cause pain in my life. And he, and he, but he doesn't stop there, and I love this. He goes, so, um, he goes, then he goes on, he says, and may the Lord grant mercy to the household of Anisiphorus. Okay, uh, how many people have ever heard of Anisiphorus before? At one point in time, this guy was a, uh, just really a, a nobody, but because of his faithfulness in the, in, in the Lord, God raised him up to make him a, a very important person. And listen to this, it says, For he often refreshed me, and he was not ashamed of my chains. If we read those next verse there, it says, When he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously, and he found me. Now, now get the picture of this. There's two people that Paul had poured his life into here, this, uh, this Phagellus and Hermogenes, and, and, and they betrayed him. They, 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 they stabbed him in the back. They gossiped him. They, they broke loyalty with him, and, and they drained his life. How many people say, I don't want to be like that? That's not the kind of person I want to be. I want to be somebody who is faithful and loyal and dedicated to the Lord and, and because of the grace and work that God's done in me, then, then I want to be like Onesiphorus. The scripture says there that, that he often refreshed me. He, he's the one that, that when he came to Rome, Paul was hidden away in a house jail and it says that he looked zealously. Some commentators said that he went door to door knocking, trying to find Paul 
trying to find him and try, because he loved him and cared for him and knew that he was in a difficult position. And when he came to him, he brought him some, some tangible things that he needed. He, he helped minister to him. And then the scripture says here that Paul was refreshed. He was refreshed because of this work of love through this, this man. How many people say, I want to be like Onesiphorus? I want to be one who loves people and looks for ways to bless people and looks for ways to reach out to people. And if I'm out there working in the field, I'm going to be knocking on some doors. I'm going to be hunting for the person who's downcast and discouraged and depressed. But if we're going to be that kind of person, we must first receive from the Lord. 